0: what's going on everyone welcome back to another episode of the h panel the show where i bring on guests from all different backgrounds to talk all the things mental health i'm your host harry Popin, and today i'm coming at you live from my sister's closet uh i had no time to go into the studio today so we had to improvise a little bit so for this episode i am joined by steven ben Steven is a German national taekwondo athlete and a graduate of sports psychology. Steven was so fun to talk to, and I wanted to thank him again for coming on and having this discussion with me. Also, before we get into our ad, courtesy of yourmd.ca, this is episode number 50 of the H-Panel. Woo! Another celebration. April is just full of them. I wanted to thank all of you who listen to the show, who rate the show, who share the show. Uh, It means so much to me. I just got confirmation that we're in top 10% of podcasts worldwide that's just that's huge man um i didn't actually think i would get to this point uh but it's been such a fun ride and i'm just glad you guys wanted to you know come on this ride with me i really appreciate it guys so thank you thank you thank you thank you you make every episode worth it now before we get into our ad please like comment share subscribe give five stars if you're on a podcast platform share with someone who might want to hear this episode It's a really great one, and I can't wait for you to listen. I will talk to you all very soon. Thank you again for your constant support. I really appreciate it. Peace. So before we get into the interview with Stevie, I am here with Sean Canungo from Your MD. Sean, what's going on, my man?
1: Well, listen, first of all, Harry, I I need to congratulate you, all right? You made it to 50. Listen, most podcasts, they fan out at like 12. Here you are (laughs) at number 50. How are you feeling?
0: I feel good, man. I mean, he, here's the thing. I wasn't even counting. Uh, I kind of I'm one of those guys who kind of has tunnel vision when I do these things. You know, I just love what I do and I'm just sitting down talking to people. I think it's, you know, truly a blessing. And then when I started doing the math, I was like, oh shit, I actually made it to 50. When I first started the podcast, I was like, yeah, I'll probably make it to 10. And then when I made it to 10, I was like, okay, I might make it to 20. And then I never thought I'd get to 50. So uh, it's really the fact that I can sit here, and meet all these different people from around the world, like Stevie in Germany uh, and just, you know, talk about things that we're both like-minded about and passionate about. It's really, it's truly an honor.
1: Well, you know what? I think it is an accomplishment. And I think that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm from a company called yourmd.ca we're a digital health startup here in Canada. And you know what, you know, I think one of the reasons why we want to connect with you is because you're putting in the work, man. This is, this is no joke. Uh, you know, it takes a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears in putting this together. Whether it's putting together a podcast, and you're you're hearing this in the 50th episode, you know the audio quality is great. Um, you know, he's Harry's putting a lot of time into this. So, uh, d- do this man a favor, okay? He made it to 50. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you are. Um, mm. It would do him a lot of good. And I'm from, from a digital, digital health startup here in Canada called yourmd.ca. I'm not here to pitch. Actually, I'm not going to pitch anything that we're doing. I'm just here to celebrate you. And um, congratulations, man. You made it to 50. I'm excited to get into this episode with Stevie. Um, he's a Taekwondo guru and excited to learn more.
0: Thank you, man. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm very excited to show this episode to everyone. And you guys know I'll put the link to yourmd.ca in the bio. Be sure to check them out. Uh, It's a really great startup and big reason why uh, they're sponsoring this episode because I believe in them and I love what they're doing over there. So please enjoy this episode number 50 uh, from the H-Panel. I'm Harry Potvin and this is the H-Panel. Good to go Stephen thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for inviting me. I just wanted to uh, make a big shout out here because you are actually the 50th episode that I have recorded so thank you again for coming on and big shout out to me personally. I'm feeling myself
2: today. <laughs> oh good. love it man yeah 50 episodes I think you you've come a long way and you still got a long way to go and uh, I'm happy to be the 50th part of, uh, in your
0: journey. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm definitely further. I never thought I'd get to 5-0, um, but it's definitely now that I've moved on, it's way further from where I want to go. So it's just a little checkpoint. Um, nothing crazy, right? So um, before we get to started here, I actually wanted to get to know you a little better. So what got you into Taekwondo? Like what pushed you to start doing it?
2: Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> Mm, Like, the beginning isn't that spectacular. Uh, My dad is my Taekwondo trainer since forever. Uh, So yeah, he's been teaching Taekwondo for, I think, 30 years or something, maybe 40. Um, And yeah, you know, I was born into this whole sport context, whole Taekwondo context. Uh, From belly to birth, I've already been in the gym. yeah, so it was clear that I would enter in techno, but uh, in the beginning, you know, I went to classes um, just just to be with my dad, but wasn't really, um, yeah, you know, able to to difference between dad and teacher in the same you know same same class. So <laughs> uh, actually, I stopped after two years or something because I uh, you know had too much uh, problems with the whole situation. Mm. Didn't work out. I was crying the whole time. Oh, Papa, Ben, can you uh, uh, be my dad in the class? And of course, it wasn't possible, so I stopped. Um, you know, but after two or three years with 11, 12 something, uh, I got back into it, uh, gave it a try. And then I really started to understand the whole uh, process of a sport. You know, the whole philosophical part. From then on, it was... Uh, you know, a passion. But before, it was just uh, crying because I wasn't able to uh, to be with my dad like I could in at home.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird to have that distinction, right? Like my my dad wasn't my coach for swimming necessarily, but growing up, he would come in for a couple of sessions and coach us. And I always thought that those would be the easiest practices because he would give me the special treatment, and they ended up being the hardest because i would go to him and be like hey so you think you could uh, lighten up on us and he'd be like that's it way harder set than i had originally i'd be like what the fuck <laughs> like dad, dads are hard on you man dads are tough
2: i think um you know for for those athletes uh, where the parents are the coaches as well normally from outside outside of the but people think, oh yeah, you know, it's easy for you because your dad or your mom gives you everything. But actually, from my experience, uh, it's way harder. Um, but that's also, you know, part of a learning process to get over this and yeah, you know, improve and uh, to get better. That nobody is like, oh yeah, it's your dad. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're like, yo, your dad's kind of an asshole. It's like, ah,
0: oh, <laughs> don't look at him like that, man. Um, was there was there like a certain point? growing up like with him as your coach, were you kind of that mindset shifted or was it like a gradual kind of just getting used to him being there?
2: Um, Yeah. Like I said, I, from what I can remember, it's um, this break that made the difference, you know, before I wasn't able to, uh, to handle it well. And after that, you know, we had uh, a lot of conversations at home, you know, what does it mean to be in class? I can be like at home, uh, you gotta, you know, as a, see me as a teacher, as, uh, someone who teaches you something and who's not like, uh, hugging you all the time and caring for you, you know, uh, he told me, um, you're not like, uh, my son in class. You're like everyone else. You're the same. I don't see you as my son in class. If you understand it, you can come. If you don't understand this, you can come. And I said, okay, I understand now with 11. I, uh, you know, sorted it out and, um, yeah, that was, um, from what I can remember, a little shift, mindset shift. Mm,
0: yeah, that's dope, man. I, I I love talking to athletes and being friends with athletes because I feel like there's this general kind of like, not energy, but like you're, you're taught at such a young age to have time management, be disciplined, like uh, be there for yourself. It's like a different mindset. And you can just kind of tell who's an athlete. And who never did sports, like you, like I don't mean like you don't have to do sports your whole life, but even just a couple of years, you can just tell.
2: Especially in youth age, you know, some people start to train, uh, you know, in their twenties or something, and this is nice, of course. But it makes a difference if you start at young age because sports teaches us so much about ourselves, about others. It's uh, some, you know, I love not just about the whole sport and what it teaches us, especially in young age where our brain is um, still, you know, changeable plastic, neuroplasticity, neuroplasticity is, you know, extremely uh, important in the young age. So, uh, yeah, I agree 100%. If, uh, you know, might take some years, but when I have children, I will definitely uh, send them to sports. I don't think it would be possible for them not to go to sports.
0: Oh yeah. No, no. My, my kids are getting thrown in sports right away, whether they like it or not. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, what was my question? I was just going to, Oh yeah. So how, what, how old are you right now? 25. 25. So you've been doing Taekwondo for a hot minute.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, must be if I started 20, 22. Wow. Um, yeah. Some, some years. That's 19 cool. something? Yeah, 19 years.
0: Wow, that's insane. So, was there um because I just started doing Muay Thai because okay. I needed something to get out of the house and do cuz I'm done swimming now. And I am so terrible. Uh it's not even funny. So, was there like a certain age or a certain year where like the movements and the whole idea of fighting became more natural to you as opposed to like just going through the motions trying to figure things out?
2: what i tell what i tell many people that i talk with when when they ask me ah oh, uh, have you always been in this level or something i tell them actually that the truth is actually that i sucked for a long long time like uh maybe until like, my my opinion but for for years i was very very bad in what i did and i had zero talent this this i can surely say i had zero talent i wasn't wasn't flexible at all i uh, was afraid of doing all the movements and um yeah like if you saw me in the beginning you wouldn't think oh, okay maybe he will good uh, he will be good someday so, <clears throat> Jesus. Um, and actually actually i'm very proud of it yeah um because i you know i Appreciate it more when someone has zero talent, but makes everything out of himself and um, Yeah, you know, keeps improving day by day month by month year by year I appreciate that more also in my in my students than someone who's very talented But um, you know just relies on it and is lazy and stuff. I don't like that because I uh, you know maximizing the potential is um, yeah, what I prefer and I lived it by myself. So, and i still in the process. I'm not saying I'm so good now, but, um, you know, always improving. Yeah. Always. I'm, I'm trying to always cultivate this beginner mindset, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. We, back in my university, they did this thing where like when they were trying to make the team, if you had talent, but you were lazy, you were gone. They didn't care. It was like, yeah, you might help us get points, but your overall like energy and at like the atmosphere you're cultivating is just we don't want that. Like, I would, yeah. i I'm, I agree with you. I'd much rather someone who's not talented but shows up every day, works their ass off, and always listens, as opposed to yeah. some super fast or really talented dude who just kind of hears you and goes, whatever. I don't care about you.
2: Yeah. it's in our sport. It's um, you know, it's a little. Harder actually because not so many people in the world do taekwondo. Mm. It's it's many, but it's not a mainstream sport at least not in our Western uh, countries or societies. In Asia, it's different. It's uh, you know part of the culture actually in Korea. So um, it's a little different over there. But you know in the Western countries, you don't have that much people that many people who do t- who do taekwondo. So the talented tend to be the better, especially in the youth um, section. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did I want to go? Ah, yeah, but in the mainstream sports, you know, in the US, for example, American football and stuff, everyone is talented. Everyone has a certain level, but the ones who have the good work, work ethic and invest 100% in themselves, these are the ones that, in the end, you know, I'm going to make the teams, like you said. hmm Getting drafted into the pro leagues and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, you can even look at it um, in like normal life because when I when I was working, I worked on a food truck one summer and like in a restaurant and I went into the job interview and they were like, do you have any cooking experience? And I said, no. Like I, I was like, I've never cooked before. And they're like, why would you apply here? And I was like, I don't know. But um, <laughs> but then that, that was the only question they asked me. They were like, have you cooked before? I said, no. And then they're like, you're hired. And I was like, what? Why? And they were like, because like kids who go to culinary school and this isn't a shot at culinary students, it's just an example. But they were like kids who go to culinary school, sometimes it gets to their head. And if like the main chef gives them an order or like tells them to do something, they'll go off and do their own thing. Cause they're like, I'm talented. I've gone through school. I know how to do it. Don't tell me what to do. Whereas I'm a dumbass and I have no idea what I'm doing. So anything they say, I'm going to go, yeah, of course. Okay. So it's the same thing in life. It's like it, you can be talented, but if you don't have that work ethic and you don't have that willingness to learn, you're not going to go anywhere.
2: I agree. 100% actually from there's nothing to add. Yeah. if you if you get this, if you get this in life you will have success
0: exactly 100 so going back to taekwondo is it do you do you find that it's growing in popularity in more westernized civilization or is it still kind of where it's been
2: um it's definitely growing
0: mm-hmm. definitely
2: um like i said still not like okay i can i can actually compare it to when I talk to you know stranger people about taekwondo now, than when I talk to them when I was younger, when I was no 15, 10 years ago, when I talked to someone ten years ago and um, I told them, yeah, you know, I do taekwondo. Their usual usual reaction was like, uh, I don't. Know. Is it is it like karate? Ah, <laughs> oh, Bruce Lee. Ah, oh, yeah, you're you're doing the Bruce Lee stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it, very. You know, they didn't really know the sport. Just okay, must be something with martial arts. And if I talk to people now, ten years later, they say, "Ah, oh, yeah, taekwondo. Yeah, I've seen it in the Olympic Games. Oh, I've seen it over there and there." You know, more people know about it. Maybe some people even tried it. Um, so there has definitely been a shift, but still, it's a uh, it's a niche still.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it used to be this thing where like if you heard Taekwondo or you heard Muay Thai or you heard any of the mixed martial arts, you just kind of shoved them all into one category. You just assume they were all the same thing. I I remember being so confused as a kid because my best friend did Taekwondo and I was like, I don't know the difference between any of these things.
2: Uh, If you if you don't um, no if you don't uh, I don't investigate or if you don't look it. Precisely up on the internet, or if you don't see it in the Olympics in TV, from where should you know? Where mm. you don't see it in TV, you don't see it, um, you know, in the normal channels we have. So where should you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Martial, martial arts in the TVs. This is where people, you know, get to know these martial arts. It's always, uh, you know, like I said, this mess, meshed up, uh, you know, kind of sport. So. Mm-hmm but it's, it's, uh, it's changing and it's all right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, swimming was kind of in that same boat for a while until Michael Phelps showed up. Um, because then he started making it popular for people who didn't care about swimming. Um, and then it slowly got more popular. And now we've got like pro teams, which is like huge, um, like a pro league, which was unheard of for me growing up. Cause every time you were like, yeah, I swim, they're like, yeah, I swim too. You're nothing special. It's like, no, you swim in your backyard pool. I swim 10 K a morning. Like we're not the same here. Um, yeah. but yeah, hopefully it, it starts building in popularity, man. Um, because it is fascinating. Uh, cause it, well, for me anyway, like I, I look at that, I'm like, my body can't move like that. I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know how you guys spin. It's, it's incredible really.
2: That's the way I see it too. Mm -hmm. um it's really that's what i love about taekwondo actually you know the it's dynamic it's uh it's both strength but yet it's also um about flexibility it's uh you know it's harmony you gotta be strong but flexible as well you gotta be um you know you have you need to have some you know mental fire in yourself to really fight but still you gotta be calm inside so it's um this is what most people also know about you know asian culture and stuff yin and yang it's actually true you need to have both one side this one side that calm fire strength flexibility elegance as well so uh, yeah everything is everything is inside Mm -hmm. that's why i love it
0: yeah so are you in sports psychology or did you graduate
2: I'm still studying sports psychology.
0: Nice. So have you has anything you've learned in those courses or in that program has anything translated over to your
2: uh fighting skill? Um basically I would say everything. Mm. <laughs> because everything I learn, I I try to reflect on it, you know? Is it how can this help me? If I learn something in university, I directly think about okay, how can this help me get an um, Better fighter, better athlete, better performer. Um, yeah, so a lot of things that I focus on right now is um, the mindset component for training because of the situation up. Because we don't have uh, competitions, competitions. So I try to work on um, you know relaxation skills, mindset skills, stay motivated for trainings, um, this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. so yeah i it's of course it's a lot to learn and not everyone is willing to learn it but if i could i would tell everyone to really dive into this whole topic because it will definitely make a better athlete Mm -hmm. in the elite in the elite class everyone has the same physical conditions but not the same psychological conditions and this is where you can you know differentiate between someone who's Scoring the golden point in the final round in a world championship game and someone who loses in the final sudden death match.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's it's so important, like, for all sports, definitely. But also for, like, individual sports, I find that it's, like, another level. Because when you're on a team sport, like, I was on rugby, and if I wasn't feeling it, like, the team could hype you up. They could get you in the zone. But when you're on your own and it's just you and the other opponent, like you got to find a way to be your own cheerleader or else you're done, man.
2: Yeah, of course you're not, uh, 100% alone because you have your coach. Mm. Um, but the coach also has limited impact on your, on your portfolio. It definitely an important impact, but of course it's limited and you're right. It's one-on-one, or um, in some other disciplines, it's only you on the court. Um, so yeah, definitely. It's, uh, that's actually something that I'm missing sometimes about Taekwondo is that during the performance, it's an individual sport, And I really love seeing American football, soccer, uh, where they you know hype themselves up. Uh, yeah, this is something that I really appreciate in team sports, although I don't experience it by myself. But just seeing it already hypes me up, gets me motivated.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. You see the team all hyped up on screen and you're starting to jump around in the room too. You're like, let's go. You're like, I could, I could go on that soccer field and I could kick ass. I'm so pumped. Um, So, so in terms of mentally preparing yourself for a match, how, how does that look for you? Or what does that look like for you? Like weeks before a big match the night before and then the morning of?
2: um depends on the competition to be honest if it's a regional competition um i i start to prepare mentally you know one one day before the evening before but if we talk about world championships or european championships the whole preparation for me starts um one week before mentally one week before the competition or one week before we fly to the uh, to the country where the championship is. Um I really try like b- before I trade enough. I know that I always train enough. I have to you know slow myself down a little the week before. So you know I try to get some relaxation and maybe visit a spa meditate a little um only good quality sessions, shorter but you know good quality sessions um and really trying to focus visualize a lot Mm -hmm. that's that's the week before then we fly to the competition and um i just try to enjoy actually because if i put too much pressure on myself i can't really enjoy the whole experience and um yeah that's why you know if we if we if we travel with the whole national team or really trying to joking around with all the guys and girls and um seeing something from the country distracting myself a little not thinking 24 7 about the competition um yeah this kind of stuff and um yeah the competition competition day is a little different not that different but a little um in the morning i already feel that's always the same pattern with me i feel uh when i wake up okay it's game day it's match day let's go um And I just try again to relax myself, you know, breathe, listen to music. Depends if I if I if I have a feeling, Okay, I got to hype myself a little up. The music is also hyping me up if I think, okay, maybe I'm exaggerating or putting too much pressure on myself, I calm myself down. Um, And funnily, I don't know if anyone else uh, has this experience as well. I think so, but maybe not many Um, in the morning. I feel my nerves, but when I get to the venue, everything is gone i'm 100 percent relaxed uh chilling uh but in a good way you know balanced mm-hmm. um yeah and when you know getting closer to the performance i'm just trying to focus just uh, focusing on the task and um i never was like oh my god what if what if this, what if that. I'm not the type of person who does it. But I just try to focus on my performance, get a good feeling. Um yeah, feel my body actually. Mm-hmm. And when it's when I'm on the call doing my stuff, I'm focused.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that walking so
2: no 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 actual no secrets about it.
0: Mm, yeah. That that walking into the venue and not feeling those nerves that's that's confident that's when you know you're like oh i'm gonna kick ass man <laughs> that i miss that feeling i i only had that a few times in swimming where i walked into the venue i look at the pool i look up i'm like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna kill these fuckers <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's only been a couple times but that's yeah. the
0: best feeling
2: that's why i love competing it's uh you know being on the edge feeling feeling uh you know feeling the energy running through your body um this is why i love competing this is why i love doing this whole this whole experience
0: mm-hmm. yeah. and and so um for going back to the visualization that you do like weeks prior or a week prior is there like a certain thing that you visualize because for a lot of athletes now that's more of a practice that they're trying to put into kids' minds or like into their routine before a big competition or match, because it's so important to do that visualization. And like growing up for me, like we would always laugh at it. We were like, oh, that's pointless. I'm not gonna lie down and pretend I'm racing in my head. That's stupid, but it does actually help a lot. So is there like something
2: specifically that you think about or like just the match in general? Um, Definitely not just imagine, <laughs> This is a mistake many people make, actually. You know, they just try to think about it. But it's about, for me, it's about um, iterating everything that could happen. You know, what is, um, of, of course, the optimal result, you know, feeling the confidence inside yourself um, and doing everything as perfect as I can. But actually, for me, the more important part is, what will I make if something doesn't work out as uh, as I want it? So I try to make hundreds of plans. What if this happens? Okay, I do that. What if that happens? Okay, I can do, I have this solution. So whenever something in the competition happens, I'm prepared. Mm. Nothing can, you know, nothing can really shock me because I visualize it over and over again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that helps you build resilience too. Like when you're faced with like a loss or something. Yeah. That, that, that's another uh, point I wanted to get to. So uh, mentally handling a win and a loss. So before we get to the loss, because I, I always had problems with this personally, and I know a lot of people who can't take a loss very well, um, but <laughs> for a win, how do you how do you stay in the zone and not let your ego or confidence after a match, like get to your head too much?
2: Maybe I'm not the best example for your question in this case (laughs) because I've never done that. Mm. Um, I don't know when or how this developed within myself, but I never was like, okay, I want, you know, getting getting the ego, like you said, getting the ego or maybe some kind of arrogance, like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm good. You know, yeah, let's go. I never was like that because every time I win, I'm like, okay, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I'm happy. But then it's like a button switching in myself. I'm like, okay, let's go. Next, check, one, next challenge, let's go. Mm. And I'm directly, uh, you know, starting to get back into the next task that is coming. And it has always been, every time I won something, it has always been like that, except one time uh, when I won bronze, the bronze medal in the world championship. This was the only time in my career when I was like exhaling and saying, okay, I'm I'm good for now. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. But even when um, I won the European Championship first time and also the second time, I was happy, of course, and 50 minutes. And then I was like, ah, I'm hungry. I want more. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And not, I never thought like, okay i'm so good i can chill now i don't care Uh, i'm gonna win anyways i never thought like that i don't know when or how it came up but maybe it's the you know the beginner mindset the humility that is coming through taekwondo as well um that got me there but i i can say it uh for sure i can only say that is that it is like that i winning mentality is not the like getting arrogance is has never been something for me because I hate arrogance a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. There's, there's a big difference between winning mentality and ego or arrogance. Like the, the winning mentality isn't, it, it's like a confidence thing. It's like in your head, you go, yeah, I know I can win as opposed to, yeah, I'm so good. Like, Oh, these other people are shit. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's going, yeah, these other people are good, but I'm better. Like the, there's a there's a very thin difference, but there is a difference there.
2: Yeah, what definitely, you know, with every win accumulates is this um, self-efficacy. You know, I know, OK, I know I can do it every time I win. I This is something because you mentioned and you led me to this to this thought. Um, OK, every time I win, I do something well. I'm like, OK, I can do it. Yeah, let's go. Um, but it's just focus on myself, not on not on the competition itself or the result. It's only within myself. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know that I can show under pressure what I'm capable of doing. Mm. This is this is definitely definitely something that comes with winning, but it, this is natural, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's like in life too um like when you go to a job interview and like over time all the job interviews you do you get the job or you do really well eventually you're going to go into there and go yeah i'm pretty good it's like it's no matter it's no matter what you do like anything you practice for a while or have success in for a little bit like that confidence builds up eventually yeah so on 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 the other end of that conversation because i feel like you know for for team sports especially a loss sucks. It does, but it's a lot less because your, your brothers are there. Like you're a band of brothers and you can handle that loss together. And it's kind of, it it lessens the blow almost, but on an individual sport level, it's completely different because it's all on you. And then, well, it's not all on you, but like mentally you believe that it is. And then even further, I feel like losing a fight is just so personal like I, I've never fought, but like when I was, when I was a kid, this, this probably has no correlation at all. But when I was a kid in grade five, uh, this kid tried to fight me and he was like, you want to go you little bitch. And I was like, yeah, I do actually. Cause I was excited. I was like my first fight ever. And I was big. I was, I don't know if I was bigger than him, but I knew I could fight him. And then I slipped on some ice and fell And he was like, you suck. And everyone was like laughing. And like, it was a loss, but it wasn't technically. But I remember that like decade, like a decade and a half later, like that sticks with me. So how do you personally on the bigger scale, more professional, of course, how do you handle a loss to a fighter um, and not let it kind of get to your head or like impact your next fight?
2: Mm Um. There's a quote from uh, Kobe Bryant, and he once said, overcome your ego. Just, you know, don't put yourself too, too important. Your ego. Your ego doesn't matter. Um, and I try, you know, to, to I try to focus on the end goal. What is my end goal? And if I have this, clear for myself if i have this clarity i know that um, one loss against one person um, isn't humiliating me personally you know it's not like yeah i've beaten you steven you lose something you know i i didn't bet my house on it i didn't bet my uh you know it's not i didn't i lose a fight but the end goal is still clear and I don't lose money or something. So um, I'm, I'm really trying to put this the ego back and get clarity about the situation. Rational. Try to be rational about it. Okay, I lost to someone, but did I really lose something or have I learned something? Am I really getting away from my goal or can I transfer this or transform this something? this is something that makes me learn, learn something about myself, um, to improve myself. Yeah. To reach my goal. This is actually, you know, it's, it's very hard to to get to this point. Um, No, but it's, it's like trying to seek for the truth of a situation. Mm. That's what I would say. Um, But this is something that is really hard for for an individual, actually, yeah. I see it with a lot of people. When they lose, they are really devastated, of course, but seeing the clarity and the truth of the situation really was a game changer for me. Okay, like I said, you know, I lost to someone, but I'm still the same valuable, valuable person than before. I'm still Steven, I'm still fine, I'm still good, I'm still healthy, and it's sport. Of course, we have our goals, but come on. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I knew a lot of people and I was like this too, like growing up as a kid, you would lose and I like you would see some of the swimmers like punch the walls and scream and like cuss out the reps and do all of that. And you're like, man, that's that's a little extreme, isn't it? For like a minute of your time. Yeah. I did the same thing. Like there was one race I was racing in Montreal and I added like 0.3 of a second, like literally nothing. And it was like a middle meet. So we Mm -hmm. weren't even training that hard for it. And I remember just losing it. And looking back, I'm like for 0.3 of a second, you're going to make a fool of yourself. Like it's, it, it is hard to get to the point you're talking about, but that it goes back to that winning mentality like when winners winners can handle a loss like that they have that mentality where it's like what did i learn from this as opposed to everything's ruined my life sucks i'm a failure of an athlete
2: the problem is what you just what you just mentioned the problem is that i think many athletes um identify identify themselves completely with their performance Mm. and it's very important to decouple your performance from your identity because if your performance is bad you know if it's coupled if your performance is bad you know your identity is always at stake and it's always in danger and stuff but if you have um you know if you got it separated you can lose you can even embarrass yourself you know if you uh if you place in the last place or so, but you're still the same person. Your family still still loves you. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, maybe your girlfriend also still loves you. You're still a part of the community. Your teammates. Maybe maybe they say, "Ah, oh, you could have done better." Maybe they even met, but you're still a teammate. It's all right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, like I said, many people um you know have this fusion of their personality and their athletic performance and yeah if we get to this point where we can decouple it i think we have the space um you know to to get to this um growth mindset kind of where you say okay how can this result make me better
0: mm-hmm. yeah when, when you couple your success to who you are as a person that also just puts way too much pressure on you. Like you, every match or every competition, you've got this like 50 pound weight on your back, just like this pressure where it's like, if I mess anything up, my whole life is a mess. That's just the most unrealistic bar you could set for yourself.
2: When you're always in fight or flight mode, always.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and then you get so tired like you can only be in fight or flight mode for so long like if, if you're in that constant state for like days at a time before a competition like do you really expect to do well <laughs> you're going to be exhausted by the day
2: yeah maybe you know maybe some for some people um for a certain time it works mm-hmm. for some time but um There has never been an athlete who never lost something everyone even the best lost at some point so you can't really uh expect to always win Mm -hmm. um yeah that's that's actually yeah like like we like we agreed you know you have to decouple it and um that's it, actually.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Every athlete is lost at some point. Like the the classic Michael Jordan example. The guy got benched in his high school team or high school university. I I I don't know what it was, but he probably did. high school. High school, yes. Oh, I think he went straight into the NBA. If anyone's listening and they're actual NBA fans, they're gonna roast the crap out of me. But uh, he got benched for like the, his first year or something. He was like the ball boy. It's the greatest of all time. So. Yeah. At some point, you're going to face something like that, that, that bar of, I will go undefeated that that's met by very, very few people. So yeah, it's all about setting realistic expectations. And then again, decoupling your success to who you are as a person. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, so kind of moving on here, you, I, I saw a post on your Instagram About, uh, you had a serious hip injury last year.
2: Yes, that's true.
0: And people believe that, or people were saying that you were never going to compete again. So my first question about that is: when you were told that, when you were told that you were injured and you were never going to do the sport that you grew up doing ever again, and it was kind of just not at in the end of at the end of the day, but for a moment it was kind of just taken away from you without you saying. The goodbyes that you wanted. What was going through your head when they told you that?
2: Yeah, uh, I actually love talking about it, um, because I preach a lot to my athletes, and um, you know, like all the stuff that we talked about. You know, always positive thinking. This is like my motto: always positive thinking, always you know forward and stuff. And um, this was the time for me to really. To really show if I can practice myself, what I preach over time. So what have I felt? Um, everything, basically, for fifteen for fifteen minutes. Everything negative, of course, that you can think of. Uh, for fifteen minutes, when I got the call, actually, I wasn't myself at the doctor who told it. Um, I wasn't myself. Um, like I wasn't in the I wasn't with a doctor when mm. I got this message. Um, I got a phone call, and I was on the way to national team training. I was five seconds before leaving my house um, you know, to get to the national team camp. So my dad called me. He was at the doctor's. He called me and uh, you know, told me the news. And first, I was like, uh, is it a joke? This can't be true! Come on, you know this typical reaction. Um, when I hung up and for fifty minutes, I can honest. I can be honest about it. There's nothing that you know. I was crying. I was saying, okay, I wasn't thinking actually. I was just crying and like, oh my god, what is happening now? Is it's true? Um, but then, <laughs> after these fifty minutes, I was like. Okay, so what's what's happening now? I will get a surgery. I will be able to walk. I'm thankful for all the time that I spent. I'm very thankful for everything that I've experienced. And now is another time. It's a different time now. From now on, it will be different. Okay, not the same than before, but still a good life. Come on, I can do my sports. Yes, that's extremely... Extremely sad, of course, but will crying heal my hip? No, it won't. So uh, let's go on. Let's do the surgery so I can heal, walk, um, and do my stuff again. And then I will be there as a coach for my athletes, mm-hmm. and I will become a better coach. And that's that's the the thoughts that I had uh, in in the first one or two days yeah maybe a week or so it's it's a year ago so i don't remember 100 what a roller coaster man yeah it, it definitely has been a roller coaster but normally my life is always like this it's always positive so a roller coaster was uh a different experience for me mm. but that's, that's life you know life can always be like that life is always a roller coaster so i said okay that's life come on yeah come on man I'm still still healthy, so.
0: hmm Yeah, 100 percent So what, what what caused the hip injury? Was it like during a match or
2: uh no, it was um you know progressing mm-hmm. over the years of training, yeah. probably, and also some gen- genetic components probably. Typical hip impingement, but you know, not everyone with hip impingements get problems, so um because of my kicking my you know numerous kickings of over years it uh you know became worse and worse and worse and um yeah
0: yeah and then eventually your body just said i can't do this man
2: yeah from from one day to another actually mm. <laughs> wasn't feeling anything and then one day i was like oh, oh i can't really kick two or three days before a competition competition came I failed. One, oh, it was a very, very bad competition. <laughs> yeah. But now I know, uh, now I know why. Because I had something going up in my hip, and um, yeah, l- like like I said, from one day to the other, it was like that. And three or four weeks later, I got this message, and uh, from then on. Uh, the journey started, the adventure.
0: Yeah. So that journey, how long because you were in a wheelchair. How long were you in a wheelchair?
2: Uh not for that long actually. Oh. um no, no. Um I was in the it was just for some days and for the competition because I was coaching at this competition and I had to to go with crutches and whole day with crutches in the venue that's impossible uh so yeah i uh (laughs) use the wheelchair and coach with it as well Mm. funny experience
0: that's a lot better than crutches for hours yeah Yeah. oh so because obviously both mental and physical recovery is not linear like you're gonna have little leaps and bounds everywhere and like some little dips along the way. So how were you able to kind of keep your head and vision on the finish line as opposed to focusing on these little dips? Like, cause I I had a terrible back injury last year where like I there were days where I could only swim a couple lengths and then I'd have to get out because I couldn't move or my back mm-hmm. was seizing. And so some days were great. Like I'd finish the practice or I'd go race, I'd feel fine. And then the next day I just could not swim and it was super frustrating. And like, I remember just freaking out all the time because it was like, what the hell is going on? Cause like the one day you're up and the one day you're down and it's like, how do you, how do you keep your mind stable throughout
2: that? Um, Different, different aspects coming in into this topic. Um, For my, for my hip injury, it was a lot of really understanding the injury Really understanding what is happening uh, inside my body, this helps me a lot because when I get pain, you know, I can localize it a little and um, think or better understand the whole process that is going on in in my body. Uh, Yeah, mentally it's um, it's different things, you know. Sometimes it's okay focusing on the things I can do, control, be controllable. I think uh, everyone has heard this at some point, but I really love this quote because it's that's basic, basically what I do the whole time. You know, I can control, or to a certain limit, I can control the pain I have after a training session, but I can control what I train if I have some pain. You know, when I had hip pain, I would do something with my arms. When I have pain in the foot or you know something in the in the lower lips, uh, limbs. I would do something for upper body and same way around. Um, I was just trying to do something the whole time and not being at home, being like in a depressed state and uh, thinking too much. Mm.
0: Yeah. 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 And how good did it feel to prove the people that said you couldn't compete again wrong?
2: Yeah, actually, uh, I still don't didn't have the chance to show them oh because because comes... there were no competitions right but, <laughs> yeah, but it's good at some point to forget a little about the situation mm-hmm.
0: yeah exactly my mind my mind forgets about it. it's like a coping mechanism I, I i hear covid i'm
2: like oh what was that oh
0: yeah that thing um, that's going on right
2: um yeah i still wasn't able but of course for myself it's um yeah, it makes me extremely happy just to be able to train, just to be able to kick high, to do my stuff, um, doing all the flips, kicks, tricks, um, all these things make me extre- extremely happy and extremely grateful. Um, yeah, because like you, like you introduced the situation, I was told that I couldn't do anything, uh, no professional taekwondo or no, uh, you know, high high level taekwondo, so. Um Yeah, I'm very, very grateful for everything and especially for the small steps. In the beginning, I wasn't really able to kick higher than, um, you know, hip or chest, which is low for us techno people. Um, and I really celebrated every centimeter that I was able to get higher. I really celebrated it. And um, maybe some, some of my teammates uh, thought, oh, crazy crazy guy again celebrating himself about all the small things but um yeah this is something that keeps me motivated every small step every centimeter every precise movement that is getting better um yeah makes me makes me feel better and keeps me on track
0: hmm Well, it goes back to that um, beginner mindset that you were talking about you had, because as a beginner in anything, any little amount of progress that you get, you're like, yes, it's like a little victory. When you get to that point where your ego covers everything, you only focus on that end goal and then you don't really see the little steps. And then if the end goal doesn't go how you expect, you're like, I don't get it. But then you look back at your track record, you're like, oh yeah, I didn't progress how I should have. So it, yeah. it goes back to that beginner mindset, and I feel like when you, when you are an athlete and you do get injured, it kind of makes you take a step back and appreciate those baby steps a little more.
2: Yes, definitely, definitely, and that's why I try to see everything as a learning opportunity, something that will at some point um, make you better or will help you in the future. For injuries, most people think ah. Oh, I can do this, I can do that. By focus on what they can't do. Um, but most people uh, don't realize that this is an opportunity now to work on your weaknesses of things that you wouldn't wouldn't work on if you had a, a completely healthy body. Mm. So, yeah, actually, that's also, um, you know, the thing that I said before, control the controllable focus on what you can do and what you can do okay just have patience yeah take two steps uh, once that's also a very popular quote or sentence one step back two steps um, forward
0: mhm yeah that that's really important to do i i was talking to a volleyball player and she was talking about how when she got injured she focused more on the mental training because she could do that like when she couldn't do the physical, and then when she got the ability to do the physical again, she was like way sharper. Yeah. So yeah, control or you can't control the uncontrollable, but you can control the controllable. I i think I just added a part there. It sounds stupid, but it's true. So yeah. when when let, let's say there's a kid out there, or maybe not even a kid, let's say like mid, I guess mid-20s is still technically a kid, but let's say there's someone there who does get injured like the way you got injured and is told the same things, what would you want? If you were there with them, what would you want them to hear when they're going through that?
2: I would like to have 24 hours, uh, just telling her or him everything that I've experienced. Um, yeah, but there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot, I would say. Um, first thing, if doctors tell you, ah, oh, yeah, you can't come back, don't believe it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this from many other athletes and friends from other national teams as well. Doctors, I don't know why, not maybe not all, but some um, you know, tend to say, ah, oh, you can't do this or that. But our human body is very strong, and if, the mental, like the psychology and the um, physical parts work together, you can really achieve something great. And just think about your passion, think about what you really care about, um, your end goal. Is it, is it still reachable? Is it realistic still? Okay, if it is, if you really say, maybe if your goal is to become a uh, world champion, let's say, or maybe just a regional, regional medalist. If you want to reach this goal, you can still have this goal if it's realistic. Um, Of course, you got to be honest about this. But if it's really realistic, okay, Have this goal. It's all right. But from from your end goal, work your way back to the presence. How can you get better today? How can you get better in the whole week? how can you get better the whole month year to reach your end goal
1: mm.
2: and just take it step by step baby steps be grateful have patience so many so many t- topics that I would include but it's definitely taking the baby steps and um, you know have your vision really be passionate about it and then work your way back to presence and every day. Get closer to it.
0: Love it, man. Words of wisdom. Um, are you training for Tokyo? If, assuming it's still a thing. Uh,
2: no, I'm not because my discipline in the taekwondo sport we have different disciplines, and my discipline is not part of the Olympic program. Oh. You know, we have the we have the fighting, the kirigi part, and we have the um in Korea it's called pumse. It's the like uh patterns that we do we perform. Mm. And this is my specialty. Uh that's my my part so yeah, we are not included in the, the olympics yet.
0: Mm. Yeah, yo, to uh, Olympic
2: committee, man, get get on that. If you're listening. <laughs> so, we we are trying the whole sport, the whole discipline is trying for years already but uh no chance for right now we're still still developing and um you know still trying to be more more interesting for general crowds mm, yeah maybe like i don't know if i'm still uh in my best age uh when this will happen but at some point it will happen because the fighting discipline is already inside mm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the, the future's bright for you guys. Um, well, I mean, forget the Olympics, but I mean, I wish you the best of luck in everything. Um, I hope your next competition, you just kick complete ass, prove all those doctors wrong.
2: I hope they're watching and I hope they go, <laughs> Shit, I was wrong. <laughs> no, I, I can't, you know, I can't hate on them. Mm-hmm. Definitely I can because uh, they have helped me a lot. They helped me a lot, and, um, you know, a lot of support coming from them. Uh, yeah, but, you know, in this case, it's the same, actually, the same thing that I talked about the whole time. For, for them, it's also a learning experience, you know. Their e- evaluation of the situation wasn't correct. Could have been correct, but wasn't correct. Okay, so they learn from it, and maybe next time when they have an athlete with um, an injury, that is, you know, severe, but not, uh, you know, killing the patient, you wouldn't say the same thing, maybe. Yeah. And I'm not mad. You know, I'm just thankful for all the support. And, um, you know, as a patient, it's also our our responsibility to reflect on everything that is said to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To protect the doctors a little, because I don't want to. My doctor is a friend of mine, that's why I have to say. Oh it. right.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Honestly, shout out to those doctors, man, because without them, like you couldn't be competing, right? Like one little blip is whatever. Um yeah, man. So where where can my where can my viewers find you?
2: Uh Instagram. Um, Stevie Bean. Actually, I have to change that name, but uh you know, I don't know how you guys in Canada write Stevie, but you know, Steven and just E N in the end, you take it away, and just I and Bean, B E H N. Yeah, Instagram, uh, Facebook, just with my name and um, yeah, these are the normal channels. I'm, you know, with 25, I'm already in this older category, so I'm not into uh, you know, Discord, Twitter and stuff. I don't use that. Just Facebook, Instagram, that's it.
0: No, you're one of the old ones, right? Yeah, you're not on TikTok or anything.
2: Oh, no, no, no. Bad, that's, uh, I'm not, I'm not in bad time.
0: Yeah, you you don't don't have to bother wasting your time with that. You fall down all these rabbit holes and you just never get out of them. You're like, oh, I spent like two hours on TikTok watching literally nothing that's good for my brain.
2: Yeah, that's what happens uh, with Instagram. So Mm. uh, I try to limit it and focus more on the training. Yeah. Yeah,
0: great, great call. So I'll I'll put all those links down below. Steven, this has been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
2: Thanks, man. appreciate it as well. Thanks.
0: And to all my viewers, I will see you guys next time. Hey guys, thanks for watching another episode of my show. If you want more episodes of The H Panel, the button's gonna be right here. If you wanna subscribe for more videos from myself, it'll be right down below please like comment, share, give five stars. Let's keep this conversation going guys. All right. I'll see you next time. Thank you for your support.